Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Welcome to Balance Black Girl. My name is Les. I'm your host. And this podcast is all about us getting our lives together together. Now, sometimes I have guests, but today I'm writing solo to kick off our new series called Level Up, all about getting unstuck, getting out of a rut, and busting through plateaus. Now, this is an exciting episode because I'm trying something new. This is our first actual episode up on YouTube. I'm a little a little late to being a YouTube girly. It's been a long time coming, but I'm really hopeful that being on YouTube will help even more amazing people get to experience Balanced Black Girls. So I'm excited to be here. If you are watching on YouTube, please give us a like, please subscribe. It really helps. And I'm excited to continue growing how I bring Balanced Black Girl to you. Now, I was inspired to create this series because I personally (laughs) have been in a bit of a rut lately. Uh, I've been in a rut for a minute, and I am currently working through it. I've been craving a good level up season, and I think that time is here. And I wanted to bring it to the podcast in case you're feeling the same way and have also been wanting to level up. Now, I'm releasing this episode in April 2023, which is actually the perfect time for this because it is spring, it's airy season, which is the start of the astrological new year. It's like the new year of nature, and it's just as a time where renewal feels really natural. Like in nature, winter is all about hibernation and slowing down, which we talked about on the podcast a few months ago. It's when the seeds are doing the work beneath the soil. So it can feel really natural to feel like you're in a bit of a slump during winter because a lot of the work is happening underground. But in the spring, we begin to bloom. We're looking to sprout. We're looking to pop out. But first, I want to talk about the idea of feeling stuck or being in a rut and what that means. I've been reading an interesting book called The Science of Stuck that is kind of about what's happening in our brains when we feel stuck. And it's been really helpful for me in shifting my perspective. I wouldn't say that I agree with everything the book says, but it's definitely made me think. And sometimes when we feel like we've been in the same spot for a while, or maybe we've hit a plateau or we're in a bit of a rut, we can feel like the issue is motivation or our willpower or our abilities. But oftentimes it's just just a sign of misalignment. So how do you know if you're in a rut? What does being in a rut mean and how can we work through that feeling? 
Being in a rut often feels like having just a lack of inspiration, like everything feels maybe a little bit dull and lackluster. Or if you just have overall feelings of dissatisfaction and are maybe lacking fulfillment, just a sense of blah. It can also feel like knowing you want to make changes, but feeling really unsure how to go about making those changes. Now, when I think of feeling stuck, I think of tires that are like stuck in the mud where you're spinning your wheels, you're revving, maybe your mind is racing. There's all these things that you want in places you feel like you should be, but you aren't actually experiencing the momentum that's going to move you forward. So it mentally feels like your wheels are stuck in the mud. So my goal through these conversations on the podcast over the next few weeks is to get us out of the mud, to build enough momentum to begin moving forward in this new season. I don't think getting out of a rut or breaking through a plateau has to be this intense self-improvement project necessarily. I actually think of it as more of a self-alignment exercise. Like earlier, I mentioned how being in a rut can feel like misalignment. I think when we feel stuck, it's a sign that there's a discrepancy between our favorite version of ourselves and where we want to be versus where we currently are. And it's that discomfort of feeling like, okay, I feel like I, I want maybe something a little bit more, or I want something different. And where I'm at right now is uncomfortable. So how do we get there? So it's an invitation to find alignment so that those two things can be more like one. Throughout the episodes this month, I'm going to be sharing what's helped me work through plateaus or ruts I've been in in the past, reflecting on what worked and what didn't. I'll also be sharing what I'm currently doing to navigate the space I'm in. Thinking about my own experiences moving through plateaus, the times that I have been most successful was actually when I created a 25 by 25 list. So I wanted to talk about this experience as a bit of a case study in getting out of a rut. Essentially, right after I turned 24, I made a list of 25 goals or things that I wanted to do by the time I was 25. Now, the age doesn't matter. I currently am a lot older than 25. (laughs) It doesn't matter how old you are. The number of things doesn't have to match your age. This is just something that I did in the past and is a reflection of that experience. I think what matters is the intentionality and the sheer willingness to just move and think and behave in different ways. That is what gets us unstuck is just doing things differently. So even if you aren't 24 or 25 today, this is a message for all ages. Again, 25 by 25, it's just an example because that's what I did. So taking a step back, I want to talk a bit more about why I decided to do this 25 by 25. In last week's episode, Why We Need Hobbies, I talked a bit about my early to mid-20s and just how hard of a time that was for me. And I think a lot of people experience that. It's your first true decade of adulthood and you have all of these things thrown at you that you are trying to figure out how to navigate all at once. So for me, I graduated college on the heels of the Great Recession and my career got off to a bit of a rocky start like many millennials. From an astrology standpoint, my chart has a lot of Capricorn, which rules around a lot of our uh, sense of duty, work, responsibility. So I've often found that in my life, the challenges that I've experienced tend to be in that area specifically because of a lot of Capricorn energy. So for me, when I went off to school, I actually had the initial intention to be a journalist. I either wanted to pursue a Devil Wears Prada type of vibe, which I think many of us who were teenage girls in the 2000s wanted, or I wanted to be on-air talent, like hosting 
acting, working in media. I basically wanted to be Oprah. If I'm honest, I still want to be Oprah. So those aspirations haven't changed. Uh, Thankfully, now what I'm doing here on the podcast is a lot closer to that type of work than what I was doing initially in my career. But when I was 22, I could not have felt further from this type of work if I tried. In college, I ended up working for an aerospace company in finance because the way those loans were looking, the way that recession was looking, I was like the entry-level journalism salary is just not going to cut it. And so I ended up going the really corporate route so that I could secure a job for post-graduation while I was still in college that would have a decent enough salary for me to start making some progress on my student loans. It was a far cry from the Devil Wears Prada or being Oprah. (laughs) I was sitting in a grayish cubicle in a windowless office in Everett, Washington, which is not the most glamorous place. No shade. If you're watching from Everett, Washington, I get it. Again, it's not the devil wears Prada. Uh, And I had a heavy hand of seasonal depression and looking back on it, probably quite a bit of regular depression as well. It was not the life I had envisioned for myself. And I was there for several years and felt very, very stuck in this career that I didn't want, that I didn't care about. At that time, jobs were pretty scarce, and that was the job that I was able to get. Also at that time, I had no connections to media. I was in the Seattle area, which especially over a decade ago, wasn't a hub for any of that kind of work. So I took what I could get and I was grateful that I had a decent salary and benefits, which a lot of people who graduated with me around the same time had a harder time getting those things. So that was good perspective, but my soul did not want to be there. And my soul was loud very loud. I had this terrible commute schlepping to this job that I hated. And I felt like my soul was just dying every day, but like I didn't know how to get out. I was applying for other jobs. I was not getting them. And I just felt really, really stuck. I also had a boyfriend at this time who we worked together. So I'm going to 10 out of 10, not recommend dating someone you work with who you know, God bless him referring back to last week's episode about why we need hobbies. He was a prime example or that relationship was a prime example of me needing a hobby, but getting a boyfriend instead, which how many of us have done that happens a lot. Uh, and the relationship was just pretty meh. And again, this is no shade to him, like totally decent guy. I just liked having someone around who liked me and who was down to go along with my ideas and do stuff that I wanted to do so that I didn't have to like be alone. A lot of my friends were still in our college town, which I didn't really want to go back to. And so I kind of channeled a lot of that like loneliness and isolation into just having a boyfriend because that just felt a lot easier to do. And I dated him for two years. So that was kind of my life. I worked out a lot. I went to this job that I didn't like, and I was dating this guy that I also just didn't really like that much, but was just kind of there. Like no shade to him, great gowns, beautiful gowns. We just weren't a match for each other. So the week of my 24th birthday, I take a trip to LA for a few days with some of my girlfriends. I loved it here. I wanted to move here. So it was just a little escape from how mundane my life felt. 
And, you know, we went out, I hiked Runyon, I drank a bunch of overpriced smoothies, ended up at Drake's house, did see him. But anyway, we had a time. We had a really just fun, very LA weekend. And my, you know, sweet boyfriend with his calm vanilla energy was back at home in Seattle watching all of this play out on Instagram and Facebook. And he was not having it. He was none too pleased with my time away in LA kind of cosplaying as a, as a hot girl <laughs> in that moment. So I got back from that trip. My little boyfriend at the time broke up with me expeditiously, immediately. <laughs> the plane landed, it was immediately over. <laughs> uh, we, we weren't compatible. Our lives were going in very different directions. He knew that, I knew that. And I was like, sad, but not that sad. You know, like part of me feels so bad, but not that bad. It was more like, well, there goes my hobby. Okay, well, now what am I going to do after work and on the weekends? Now I have even less distraction to remind me of how much I don't like my life. And it sounds so stupid and so silly, but it literally hit me in that moment of, well, if I don't like my life, I could change it. (laughs) And that thought never occurred to me at any point before the age of 24, that if I didn't like something, I could change it. Never occurred to me. Again, it sounds silly, but when you're in the thick of it and you're going through the motions every day, it can be very easy to feel powerless and to forget that you are not a tree, that you can make moves. I don't know about you, but I also didn't grow up seeing people like design their lives. I can't think of a single adult in my life who I saw growing up as a child who genuinely loved their lives and created a life they loved. It was all obligation. It was, we got these kids, we got to take care of, we have these bills, rinse and repeat. And when I got in that cycle without the kids, it's before kids, well, I don't have kids now, so it, everything is before kids. <laughs> my whole life so far has been before kids. But as I started a taste of that cycle of just, I go to this job, I do this thing, I pay these bills. I was like, I don't like this, but I think there's something I can do about it. Literally 24 years old, I was like, I don't like how I feel, so I can change things to change how I feel. It was a light bulb moment. And so because I'd felt that way, newly turning 24, I vowed that on my 25th birthday, a year from that point, that I would not feel as shitty as I felt being newly 24. Summer is right around the corner, which means we need to have our hydration on point. As the days get longer, temperatures rise, and we get more active, replenishing our electrolytes is more important than ever. That's why I got to put you on to my favorite electrolyte drink mix, Element. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. It contains a science-backed ratio of sodium, potassium, and magnesium, which our bodies need to stay hydrated, regulate hormones, absorb nutrients, and prevent muscle cramps and fatigue. And did I mention that it tastes amazing and has zero grams of sugar? It's a little bit salty, it's a little bit sweet, and it makes your water taste so good. I drink Element every single day. I actually have a hard time drinking plain water. And when I'm upping my workouts, I can really feel when I'm not on my water game. But with Element, I'm getting the hydration I need. I drink so much water. I feel better. My skin feels better. It's a win all the way around. 
Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. So you can try all eight flavors to find your fave or share with friends. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash balanced less. This deal is only available through my link. So go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash balanced less. B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D-L-E-S. Plus Element offers refunds, no questions asked, so you have nothing to lose. Stay hydrated, friends. When I turned 25, I wanted to feel like I was taking a bit more responsibility and ownership in my life. I wanted to feel less like a victim, which was very much my MO at the time. I felt like everything was happening to me and like I was just powerless at everything. I wanted to feel like I had some power and some agency and I wanted a shift in my perspective. So I took out a journal and I wrote a list of 25 things that I wanted to do by the time I was 25. Now, unfortunately, I don't have access to this list, which is devastating. Otherwise, I would tell you everything that's on it. I don't know why I didn't put it in my notes app. Like my iCloud looks crazy because I literally do still have all my notes from 2013, but this was the one thing that I just decided to be extra pen and paper about. So I had it in a actual notebook. And when I moved to LA, I actually shipped some books down here, including that notebook. The box got destroyed and half the books and things that were in that box actually never made it to me. And so who knows where it ended up. So unfortunately, I do not have the list and I can't remember everything that was on it, but I do remember the big parts, the most important parts. Those are the things that we're going to talk about. So the big ones were I wanted to get a new car because at the time I was driving a very unsafe vehicle. There's the common expression, you're going to ride something until the wheels fall off. The wheels were quite literally about to fall off of this car because they were not bolted on. So they were literally about to to fall off. (laughs) I wanted a new car. I wanted to run another half marathon and improve my time compared to the first one I ran the year before. I wanted to travel internationally for the first time because I never had before. I wanted to start teaching fitness because I was newly certified as a personal trainer. I wanted to move to LA. I wanted to start a blog. I wanted to be single and not be in a relationship for that entire year. Now, those are not 25 things, but those are the things I remember off the top of my head because those are the ones that stand out as being the most significant and that I had the most significant events around. So I'm going to get a bit more into the significance of those particular events. What my year of 25 by 25 looked like. Now, it was such a beautiful year. I changed so much in that year because I was able to prove to myself that I'm not stuck. I'm not trapped. I can always pivot and try new things and move different directions that yes, life be lifing, but my decisions and behavior still play a role in feeling stuck. And I learned how to generate momentum to get unstuck. And that learning was so much more important than anything on the list, than any specific thing on the list. Learning how to get unstuck was the biggest gift of that year and of this entire experience. So let's talk about some of the things on that list that I did achieve and how doing those things really helped me in the long run. 
Now, the first was buying a new car. I'd actually been saving to get a new car for about three years before this time period. And I ended up buying a car in cash. I actually still drive that car today. But let me tell you, she's not sexy. Like when I'm in LA, I'm going to valet because there's no parking anywhere. I literally always have the jankiest car. I'm not stunting and I don't care. Uh, the fact that I haven't had a car payment in like 10 years, blessing, okay? Not having a car payment is my form of stunt. I felt so proud of myself when I literally wrote a check to just own a car and drove it out of the dealership. The experience of saving for such a big goal and negotiating the price down and making it happen built so much financial confidence in me that I hadn't had before. I became a lot more financially literate from that experience. I learned how to save. I learned how to budget. I learned how to track my money really closely. And I became a lot more confident in my ability to handle my money because I was like, I I saved and I was disciplined and focused and I made this big purchase. And if I could do that, what else could I do? And that foundational financial confidence has really, really helped me as I've moved forward. It has helped me make other big financial decisions. That's where I ultimately built the skills that helped me pay off my student loans. I had $100,000 in student loan debt that I paid off last year. And I truly think that my experience saving and negotiating and buying that car is what gave me the confidence and the skill set to be able to do that and to be able to pay off that student loan debt and make other smart financial decisions that have really, really helped me. And I hope that those skills will continue to help me. But it's really the purchase of that car and the process of everything I did leading up to it really, really built a sense of confidence in me that was so meaningful and it's something that I still carry with me today. Now, the other one, I ran my second half marathon. It was the Disney Princess Half Marathon at Disney World. I was dressed as Princess Jasmine. Uh, My goal was to run a faster time than I did at my first half marathon, which I'd run the year before. And I actually shaved about 15 minutes off my previous half marathon time. Now, I also learned through the experience that I hate running. My body hates running. And I actually get very inflamed and sick if I run more than a few miles. Lesson learned. But the really beautiful thing that happened was that half marathon training program actually had two days of yoga each week. And it really reconnected me with my yoga practice. Now, I've done an episode on the podcast all about my experience with yoga. I also talked about my experience going through my 200 hour certification program and how I was introduced to yoga by a book that my dad bought when I was in high school. I dabbled a little bit in college, but it wasn't until my mid-20s that I really cemented a practice. And it was this experience that helped me cement that practice. So I really think the purpose of me running that half marathon wasn't for the half marathon. Like it's great that I did that and you know that's all well and good. But I actually think that the greater purpose of that was to get me reconnected to yoga because it's been a really important part of my life and my self-care ever since. Now, I did start a blog and that was probably the most life-changing thing that came out of this 25 by 25 experience because that was my first foray into content creation. So the blog that I started during this year 
was where I initially built an audience and it's where I learned how to create content and where I learned how to have a content calendar and create consistently. And I learned photography and I learned how to be on camera. I learned how to work with brands. That was when I was really passionate about fitness and that blog eventually rebranded to become this very podcast. And I don't think this podcast would exist if I wouldn't have started that blog. And so, yes, it has changed my life, but it's also changed the lives of other people that it's touched, which is so cool now that I think about it almost 10 years later. The other thing on my 25 by 25 that I did achieve uh, was that I got a passport and I took my first international trip. I went to the Dominican Republic with my mom, which was such a fun trip. It was our first mother-daughter trip. It was my first trip really out of the country. She'd been uh, you know, to some, some places before, but we had so much fun and since then have gotten to take a few mother-daughter trips and it just has been a really great way for my mom and I to continue bonding and working on our relationship and it was a really beautiful experience. And it also made me a little bit more of a savvy traveler because I hadn't really done much traveling before then. And I didn't, I didn't know a lot about traveling. And now I am a much more seasoned traveler and know a lot more. We actually ended up having some flight drama trying to get out of the Dominican Republic and almost got stranded there because Delta like really did us dirty. But <laughs> I'm now a much more savvy traveler. We made it. I now I understand some things that I didn't understand then. And I'm grateful that I had my mom with me to navigate that so that we could figure it out together. If you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm a big advocate for having hobbies and learning a new language is an incredible hobby to take up. I've been practicing my French with Babbel, and it's been such an effective, engaging way to learn. I took French in high school and college, but I got a little rusty and I wanted to brush up before visiting France earlier this year, and I've been hooked on Babbel ever since because it's helped so much. And you too can make amazing progress with your language learning through Babbel. And that's because Babbel actually works. So instead of paying hundreds of dollars for private classes or playing on apps that are basically glorified games, you can take Babbel's quick 10 minute lessons that are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language as soon as three weeks from now. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations, and their methods for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, so you're learning things you would actually say, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. It's no wonder why Babbel has sold over 10 million subscriptions because it's real learning for real conversations. And they're offering a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. So you can get 55% off your Babbel subscription only for our listeners at babbel.com slash balanced. Get up to 55% off at babbel.com slash balanced, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash balanced. Rules and restrictions may apply.
Now, one of the things on the list I failed at was not being in a relationship. One of the things I said was, I do not want a boyfriend for this whole year from 24 to 25. I don't want a boyfriend. I don't want to be in a relationship because I dated guys in college. Those experiences went really poorly. That boyfriend that I was talking about at the top of the episode, I started dating him pretty much as soon as I entered the workforce. We worked together and I dated him for two years straight out of college. And I was like, I don't want to do this, especially because I entered that relationship specifically out of boredom. And I wanted to do my own thing. I had this ambitious year planned and I was like, you know, maybe I'll go on dates. Maybe I'll see what's happening on these apps. Back then it was pretty much just Tinder. That was kind of all that was out. So I was like, I might poke around and like entertain a conversation, but like, I don't need a boyfriend. I need hobbies. <laughs> Shout out to last week's episode. But yeah, that didn't last. That it, it definitely didn't last. I made it about six months into my 25 by 25 before I entered into a relationship, which still was so significant for me, has been my most serious adult significant romantic relationship I've had thus far. Uh, And he was very charming and very persistent. And (laughs) I tried to friend zone him because of my 25 by 25 goal. But at that time, we just had a really good connection and vibe. And that is how the cookie crumbled. And I don't regret it. Even though we're no longer together, that relationship was so important to me. I learned how to be an adult in a loving relationship. Um, I learned about conflict. I learned about compromise. And I got to do so in a relationship that did feel very safe and pretty supportive and didn't force me to compromise myself. I got to fully be myself in that relationship, good, bad, all of it. And honestly, I do think that me being so in my own little world at this time where I was so focused on the stuff I was doing and the year that I wanted to have and creating this new life for myself, I actually think that that was a big part of what attracted him to me because we had known each other before, but it was during this time period where things kind of started moving in that direction. I think my energy at that time was just very different and I was so focused on my own growth that I think I just had a draw that probably was an attractive energy. Honestly, now, almost a decade later, like I've been in a single season for the last like five years since our relationship ended. I'm like, ooh, man, I need to tap back into that. I need to tap back into what my 24-year-old self was on because she she had something. She's She was onto something. And so I'm even learning things from my younger self, which is a, also a really beautiful experience. And that's really the lesson there is like, what can you learn from your younger self? What can you learn from who you were maybe before outside forces influenced you or made you question yourself or had you question your worth, something worth considering. So I'm really grateful that I got to have that experience, even if it wasn't meant to be for forever. And even though it was the opposite of what I set out to do with that area of my life. Now, also because of that relationship, I did not move to LA that year. That was when we were getting pretty serious. We were living in Seattle and So that was another thing on the list that did not happen, which, you know, I do have mixed feelings about. 
And there is part of me that's like, oh, I wonder what it could have been like if I would have gotten to spend some of my 20s in LA. I moved here when I was younger, had more time here before the pandemic. But you know, it's all about trusting the timing of your life. That's just not how the timing of my life worked out. And I ended up moving to LA literally the year after that relationship ended. So delayed, not denied, even though it wasn't by 25, it was still a part of uh, apparently the greater plan for me. So sometimes that's how things work out too. So those were the really big life-changing highlights of the 25 by 25. By the time I turned 25, I want to say I only got to about 13 of the things on my list. That was how many I achieved. So literally half for all my type A perfectionist folks out there. If it were a grade, it would not have been a passing one. And you know what? I felt amazing literally amazing. When I turned 25, I remember feeling so much peace because I was like, I did it. My goal wasn't to do 25 things. My goal was to walk into the next year of my life, not feeling nearly as shitty as I felt the year before. That was my goal. And I freaking did it. I had so much more confidence. I believed in myself. I knew that I could make things happen. I had all of this evidence of ways that I could make things happen. And I felt this sense of peace and just this inner confidence and knowing that I could make some moves if I needed to. And it was such a beautiful feeling. And I feel so proud of my younger self for realizing that. I didn't even care that I only did half the list because the things didn't matter. It was my willingness to put myself out there and take action that mattered. And that's true for you. The things that you achieve aren't what matters. Your willingness to take action is what matters. And I think the combination of the 25 by 25 exercise, along with like my frontal lobe developing, all of that happening at the same time, like altered my brain in the best of ways. I became more confident, more self-assured. I got better at speaking up for myself and really learned how to prioritize what was important to me. Yes, I've still worked at jobs that I don't always love. My relationships have been far from perfect, but I was able to prove to myself that I don't have to stay stuck. That if I don't like something, I can make changes. And even if I can't change everything about it, I can change something about it, whether that's my perspective, whether that's my environment, whether that's my attitude, there's always changes that we can make that I am in charge of how I feel and that movement and engagement and just trying, even if I don't succeed, is enough to make you feel better and get some momentum to move forward. So the beauty of having those experiences is when you go through something that is hard or upsetting, you know that you'll survive it. You know that you can try. You know that even if the step is a little bit smaller than you planned for, it's still a step forward. So what does this mean for you, my friend? If you've listened this far or watched this far, even if it is not your birthday or regardless of how old you are, the moral of the story is that we never have to stay stuck. Sometimes it just takes time for what we desire to come to fruition. And there are things on my 25 by 25 that I'm just now figuring out and achieving at 33. And that is okay. And I'll still continue working on those things beyond. And sometimes our goals or desires are there to help us highlight something else. Like with my half marathon example, I 
told y'all how I was running through the happiest place on earth, feeling real unhappy (laughs) because I don't like running and I will probably never run a half marathon again, but it reconnected me to my yoga practice which I do still practice and which has helped me immensely. Even bigger than that, it got me feeling comfortable in yoga studios. That was when I got my first yoga studio membership. I was like a core power black tag girly. This was like right at the beginning of the boutique fitness boom. And so that was my first like boutique fitness experience, but it was so valuable because it helped me learn how to navigate wellness spaces. And when I would go into yoga classes and I'd be like, okay, I don't see many other black people here or, okay, how do I figure out what to do with my hair while I'm doing hot yoga? Or how do I do this? Or how do I do that? Or how do I move forward with continuing here when I feel uncomfortable? And how can I bring more people in here? Those are the very things that are now a part of this here platform and that led to the conversations that we now have on this podcast. And so I think if I wouldn't have began entering those spaces, going to those yoga studios as part of this half marathon training, I don't know if I would have come to create this as it is now. That experience is what really planted the seed for all of this because when I entered into those spaces, I started realizing that there was a problem. I wouldn't have known that there was a problem if I was never in the space and running the half marathon got me in that space. So a lot of those experiences really planted seeds that came to fruition through things like me creating this podcast years later. And the really big lesson there is that the seeds you plant now are what help you get unstuck tomorrow. The seeds you plant now are what help you get unstuck tomorrow. So what seeds are you planting? Something to think about. It's also worth noting that our goals and intentions can be like icebergs. There's often so much more under the surface than we can see that is serving us and guiding us and helping us reach our higher good, even if we don't recognize it in that moment. So even the goals that you set now, sure, achieving that goal is great. That could be what's above the surface, but what's beneath the surface of what experience you get or what position you're in or what visibility you get or what that prepares you for, working towards that goal can be something so much greater, which is why it's so important to constantly move forward and to show up for yourself and to keep the promises that you make to yourself. Because when you deny the promises you make to yourself, you could be denying a really incredible experience to get so much closer to who you want to be. So if you feel called to make a list to work through, amazing. Make a list. It doesn't matter how many things are on it. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if it's your birthday or not. Make a list of things. Give yourself grace for whatever that experience looks like for you. Or maybe you just set one intention at a time to move through, but like actually do it, right? (laughs) Or maybe there's intentions that you've been meaning to do that you have been afraid to do. And this is maybe your gentle nudge and encouragement to start moving towards that because you deserve it. You deserve to have the things that you want. You deserve the life you want. You deserve the growth and the learning and the amazingness that comes from taking action. So don't deny yourself those things because you deserve them. 
you would be surprised at how much your life can change in a pretty short amount of time. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Balanced Black Girl. I hope it inspired you if you're feeling stuck to remember how much is possible for you with just a little bit of action and a little bit of redirection. And remember that even though we can't control everything around us, we can do a lot more than we think, that you can take steps towards being who you want to be and having what you want to have. Head to the show notes for more information about today's episode, as well as check out the special deals from our sponsors. We have some dope sponsors like Element, my favorite electrolyte mix, hooking you up with a free sample pack, a free month of workout classes from Aloe Moves, which I love, and so much more. When you use our codes and our links, that lets them know that you found them from Balanced Black Girl, and it helps us out a lot. Tune in next week for our next installment of the leveling up, getting out of a rut and busting through plateaus series. If you are listening on Apple, Spotify, make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss it. If you're now following along on YouTube, thank you. Thank you for being here as I try to be a YouTube girly. Uh, Make sure that you give this video a thumbs up, like, subscribe. Maybe leave us a little comment of what it is you're working on that's going to help you create some momentum to move forward. Thank you for tuning in and I will see you next week. Bye.